A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like the After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download the Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 83 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have a fun episode today with a great guest, but first, let's bring on my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's going on, bud? Not much. We still have snow on the ground, and it's been uh, five days. That's kind of crazy. School was canceled again. On Friday, they're scared wow. of, it's going to freeze over because it's going to be like 20 degrees tonight, and it doesn't feel like South Carolina to me. It feels like I'm up in you guys' neck of the woods, and I said <laughs> you guys because y'all aren't in the South, so yeah, it's uh, not not feeling like South Carolina. I'm ready for some spring weather and some baseball. The weather up here has been very sporadic. It was like freezing for a week like with like wind chills or the real feel, whatever you want to call it, of like negative 20. Then one day it got to 45 out of nowhere and then back down to like single digits. I'm like, it is so up and down. We haven't got a lot of snow this year, oddly enough. Like, I think we've only gotten a couple, you know, quote unquote storms and they've all been like a couple inches, which is nothing for up here. Um, but it's been really cold this winter. That's, that's for sure. So it looks like you guys are getting more snow than we are right now, which is it's weird. Weird. Like South Carolina should not get more snow than Maine. I just, nope. Something's wrong with the world right now. Mother Nature yeah. is not in a good way right now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Though you guys can keep it, though. I'm fine. I don't snowboard. I don't ski. I mean, I'll take my kids sledding and tubing. That's about it. But I do it for them. But I can, I'm can. i good without the snow. Yeah, I could go never seeing snow again. It's cool. It was cool for a day, <laughs> but yeah, it needs to go. And it's funny because, like, everything, like, the schools have been shut down and, like, the roads have been clear since, like, Tuesday. It's really strange. Yeah. You guys just don't know what to do with it all down there. Nope. You're right. <laughs> all right, but let's let's bring in our guest now. Since we're going to be recapping our Dynasty ADP sheet that Chris put together, we figured who better to bring on than a person that is the commissioner of approximately 14,839 <laughs> leagues, Mr. Commissioner himself, Nathan, a.k.a. Dynasty One Stop joins us. Nathan, what's going on? Not much. It's hilarious hearing Chris talk about snow. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Midwest born and raised, so snow is just normal here. I didn't know that winter storms had names until Sunday when we recorded, Eric, and you told me about y'all's winter storm, the name of it, and I didn't realize that. But actually, it's funny because right now, like on the what's happening on Twitter, it says winter storm Jasper to forecast to bring snow and ice to the south, southern mid-Atlantic. Like, I didn't – what. Why do we name everything? Does that, does that mean we you just call them considered? winter around here? It's yeah. It's winter. <laughs> hey, look, it's a storm. Winter. Yeah, yep. Right. It, it's really, it's like kind of like, is it a nor'easter? Is it, oh, we call them nor'easters, the big ones. You probably yeah. call them blizzards, but we call them nor'easters. Uh, or is it just a dust in, meaning an inch or two? That's basically what we do. 
we don't we don't have yeah. names. It's just like a category. Like, is it bad or is it like yeah. you can you can drive through it? Basically. Tell me the number of inches. That's all I really. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. up here, I'm sure they do it out there too. Like, oh, you can get anywhere from uh, three to ten inches. I'm like, well, that's a wide range. Like, <laughs> I know you're, you're bound like, to we're get We're gonna right. get two feet. I'm like, you mean the two to twenty four inches? Mm. We get somewhere in there, maybe, and maybe we don't get right. any, and maybe we get more. That, okay, sure, be, cool. Th- that'd be like uh, you know, Ariel Cohen and his AT- ATC projections being like. Yeah, Juan Soto's gonna hit anywhere from two sixty to three eighty. I'm like, yeah, you're probably gonna be right. You know, it's it's all, I always find that funny. But yeah. enough snow talk. Let's get into the show. <laughs> but before we do, the usual housekeeping. You can find us all on Twitter. Nathan is at Dynasty One Stop, all spelled out. Chris is at Roto Clegg. I am at Eric Cross Zero Four, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra content from both Chris and I. And of course, check out all the other great written and audio work we have on the Fantrax HQ network, including our 2022 draft kit with a ton of fun content in there. And lastly, if you are an Android user, the Fantrax app is now available in the Google Play Store. If you already have the progressive web app, you'll need to delete that before installing the new app. Let's get right into it now. I'll let Chris take it away. He was the one that really spearheaded this whole project here with the dynasty adp so chris go ahead and give it a nice uh little recap of what went on there sure well we did 10 leagues 10 dynasty leagues 15 teams each went 30 rounds so we had 450 picks total among 10 leagues and so among all the leagues we basically set up to create an adp system that's something that's really lacking i think in the community we have adp for for redraft leagues everything else and honestly, like we have dynasty ADP from Fantrax, but it's you, you don't know what the dynasty ADP is because it's got the Fantrax ADP as dynasty and and redraft and best ball and draft and old. So it has everything mixed in. So I thought maybe we need a dynasty ADP. And honestly, like Welsh's prospect ADP kind of inspired that. So I talked a little bit with Welsh and I was like, hey, like, you know, this is I got this idea from your prospect ADP. Would would you be cool if like I did this? Like kind of bumming this off you but not really because it's different he was like yeah dude i think that'd be awesome go for it so kind of blossom from that and so we had 10 different leagues as i mentioned with 450 draft picks creating an adp system we've also added in a couple drafts thanks to mr dynasty one stop here he runs as you mentioned 428,000 dynasty leagues so every time a, a draft is complete we're adding those in so i'm hoping the system will continue to be built and you know it'll be all all off season leading up to the end of draft season will be adding in. So it's a great system, I think, that you can benefit from. We have the top 50 ADP out for free. You can find that Google Sheet on my Twitter or at our Patreon. It's a free post there. And then the rest of the ADP is under the $5 tier. So pretty easy, pretty simple, just $5, and you get access to the full ADP, which is actually 900 players deep at this point. So pretty good stuff. It'll help you in a dynasty startup draft, I think. Should be very helpful because I think the values are sometimes hard to gauge where people value in dynasty. So this gives you at least a, a broad overview here of what what people at least think. So you know at this point we're we're looking at you know some 150 in our mocks plus people in Nathan's draft. So at least what like close to 200 people think. And so it's kind of cool to see that all come together. And the the values are wide. You can see the ADP. You can see the min maxes. And we're going to talk about some of those on the show here, some, some interesting ranges of, of draft picks and kind of discuss those a little bit, but yeah, I think it'll be a good show. Yeah, for sure. This was a lot of fun. I was in league number two prospects went heavy, heavy and very early in my leagues. So I think a lot of the min picks for at least the top prospects, like, you know, top 25 type of guys were probably set in my league or at least the vast majority of them. But yeah, this, uh, this great sheet, definitely go check that out on our $5 tier. You get, Anywhere from you get start with Juan Soto and we go all the way down to currently number nine. Was it nine thirty six? Uh, there's a couple of international guys. Lazaro Montez, a guy that was ar- just signed like what five days ago. Even Archie Bradley's chilling down here. As well as Archie Bradley was still playing at this point. <laughs> yeah, who's, who's he Archie? with? He, nobody. He's a free agent uh-huh. right now. I don't know who's even a pick eight ninety two. Who's taking Archie Bradley at this point? But that, that's how deep this list goes. Uh, so it's a lot, a lot of good stuff on here. Min, Max, and where you, you know, every single league we had in that little Dynasty ADP thing, you can see how those sh- shook out in, from league to league. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, so let's get right into it now. Uh, Chris, why don't you take us through the top 10 here? Yeah, sure. So we go begin with Juan Soto. And this is for reference, these were um, standard five by five leagues. So 
Um, yes. That that matters. Uh, Soto seems to be the consensus one for both OBP. He's obviously number one OBP, but seems like he's the consensus one in average too. But yeah, he came in at number one with an ADP of one point eight three, and then Tatis was close behind him at at two two even. So you know, just a a point two differential there in their their ADPs. Then we followed up with Acuna. 3.25, Vlad 4.17, Trey Turner 5.17, Bo Bichette 5.58, Shohei Otani at 6.75, Jose Ramirez at 8.67, Kyle Tucker at 10.75, and then our 10th player off the board was Bryce Harper with an ADP of 11.3. So Were those nothing daily, really surprising Chris? there. Oh, go ahead. Were they daily or weekly? Uh, it's for weekly, yes. Because, okay. yeah, Just... I think I think Otani could be considered – for like the first pick with uh with daily he's he's yeah. one that really matters the most in daily leagues in my opinion because on on fan tracks you know he has the the ut and pitcher eligibility if you're in some of uh, and in 30 rock for the dynasty one stop here runs i i've got him and he's outfield eligible which is great so i love that but yeah for for weekly lineup context okay because his min is three and that was in one of my leagues that was daily so that's why i was Okay. Awesome. Yep. So that does that does factor in. But yep. Overall, I still think uh, still think he probably would have been pretty similar. You look at at least at the mocks that were weekly, and he went uh, four. He so he went four and one, four, eight, nine, six, six, eight, six, eight, five, and mm-hmm. nine. So yep, he was right in that range for yeah. even for weekly. Yeah, right in that mid to back end of the top 10. That's fair. Nothing really surprised me with this top 10 overall. I think it's basically how I have my rankings, so it's slightly different. But uh, the only other – so the three guys that go number one overall in any of the leagues, Soto went number one in a bunch of them, so did Tatis. And then the only other one, Acuna did not go number one in any league. He went number two in looks like three different leagues. But Vladdy Jr. went number one in League 8, so – he was the only other one to go number one overall. Turner Bichette. Yeah, it's nothing really surprising here. These are you know these are the guys. You know these are the guys you look at um, at the beginning of any dynasty draft right now, regardless if it's OBP, you know, average, whatever. They do fluctuate a little bit, but these are the guys. So nothing really surprising to me there. Uh, but the next set of ten, or let's let's go to the next set of fifteen and get up to twenty five overall. Uh, Chris, take us through that because there's some interesting names in there for sure. Sure. Yep. So the 11th player off the board was Wander Franco, followed by Luis Robert, Mike Trout, Raphael Devers, Corbin Burns, first pitcher off the board there with an ADP of 14.5. Then followed by Albies, Mookie Betts, Walker Bueller, Jordan Alvarez, and Garrett Cole coming as the 20th player. And then 21 through 25 includes Bobby Witt Jr. Julio Rodriguez coming in right after their ADP was about three spots different, though. Bobby Witt Jr. at 20.75 and Julio Rodriguez at 23.6. And then Manny Machado, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Freeman rounding out the 25th spot. Freddie Freeman had a little bit of a wider... You, the older guys had the wider range here. Look at, yep. you know, uh, I, I say older, you know, guys that are like not 25, let's say. Uh, Freddie Freeman, 19 to 36 was his range. Machado 12 to 38. If I can get Machado 38 in the dynasty startup, I'll be ecstatic about that. Garrett Cole obviously had a had a pretty wide range, 10 to 30. And I think yeah, he went uh let's see my league. He went uh oh, he went 26 in my league. He went a little later, but not not surprising to see those bigger gaps there. Walker Buell won eight in one league. That is that's insane. Would you would either of you consider Walker Buell in the top ten overall? No negative. Yeah, I wouldn't consider any pitcher in Dynasty that high. The only one I would maybe go to is Corbin Burns, but even there, like, I think I have Burns like 15th in my ranking, so um, which is where he is in this ADP as well. But yeah, going top 10 on any pitcher is just pretty crazy. Yeah, but unless they're named Otani, I'm not yeah, taking them in the top. Sure. Yeah, that Otani, aka the human cheat code there, <laughs> right? Yeah, which I, I saw somebody uh, in one of my com and I replied to one of my tweets, I don't even remember what one, but someone called him a a nine category player, which I never thought about it that way before, yeah. but it's pretty spot on the fact that he can do all five hitting categories and then four pitching. So he is a true nine category player. The only one we'll probably ever see here. Anything, you know, really surprised you guys in, in any of the top 25 here, I guess Mookie Betts fell a little further overall than I thought he would. I mean, he had a range of 12 to 20, but overall the 17th player, I think that was a little low, but did anything surprise you guys here? Um, not in particular. I mean, this is kind of the range where you like the the top is kind of chalk in my opinion. Like this is kind of what you would expect. 
But I, I, there's some interesting ranges for sure, like we mentioned. Um, Wander, I honestly expected to be a little higher. He had a range mm-hmm. of from 7 to 21 with the ADP of uh, 13.4. I just figure at this point, like he was kind of like bona fide in most people's top 10. But I, I think this was right around the time when I released my up- updated dynasty rankings and I had him at 14. So, you know, not to say that it's influenced anything. Like I'm not going to put that on myself, but I'm surprised <laughs> that he wasn't top 10. He went seventh in mine. Then my league that had the men, which is yeah, not surprised that my league had the men on, on Wonder Franco. If you were under the age of twenty-two, I my league probably says set the men on these guys. That's just how it went. <laughs> Everybody got pushed up. I had to, you know, go a little higher than I wanted to on a couple of prospects just to get them. Uh, I think I got like Riley Green, guys like that. But but yeah, uh, Franco eleventh overall, which I think I have him eleventh right now in my rankings. Robert right behind him. I'm I'm glad to see mm-hmm. Robert up there. I yep. was that was one I was intrigued to see where he fell, see if people were buying into the improvements he made last year. And yeah, he didn't go lower than 18th at any draft yeah. Went top 10. And one of them, that was his men in league. Uh, I don't even see it. What league was that in? Oh, league 12 over there. Wait, yeah. we, we did 12. Oh, that's leagues? One of mine. That was one of Nathan's. League. Oh, that's yeah. one of Nathan's. Okay. I'm like, yeah. I don't think, I thought we did 10 leagues, but uh, so yeah, he went 10th in one of Nathan's leagues. And then he went 11th and 12th in a couple of the, the ADP leagues that we did as well. So yeah, Robert 12th overall, Trout staying at 13th overall, I think is pretty solid as well. People mm-hmm. are kind of just writing off Mike Trout, but I remember I saw um, Nick Savali, our, our injury guy here at Fantrax HQ. He's you know, he's not really too worried about Trout moving forward, and this is the same guy that was preaching to buy into Jordan last year. So Nick knows his yep. stuff when it comes to injuries. He's one of the guys I trust the most out there when it comes sure. to injuries. So um, if you can get Trout at a discount in Dynasty right now, um, even in the uh, Nathan in your I think I got him in your um, the mock draft you're doing over there too. I forget what pick it was, but Trout is a yeah. great value right now in in dynasty league. So um, I definitely you know he's oh. still he could be top ten. Like watch him, watch Trout go out, put up a Trout season, and be back in the top ten. If, if, when we do this next year, Chris, I can almost guarantee if Trout has a healthy year, he'll probably be back in the top ten next year. People will buy back in. So yeah, because- he went twelfth in my mock. To not okay. Um, Oh, you are on the clock apparently. Oh, I am. Okay, you guys talk. I'll go do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I think you're right. I think Trout, honestly, if he, I I think he'll be fully healthy. People wonder why he didn't come back at the end of last year. There was no reason for him to. So if he's back healthy, that this could be huge for him. I mean, we we know he's still an elite hitter. You know, he's going to hit for average, going to hit for power. And he still has an elite sprint speed, and I think stolen bases are all about the will to run and steal. So we could see him even steal 10 bases. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him steal 10. Everybody thinks he's done stealing, but I don't think he is. He's he's still an elite athlete and more than capable of that. So, yeah, Trout coming in at 14 was interesting. Literally the same ADP as Raphael Devers, which I thought was fun. Honestly, seeing Albies, Mookie right there, at 15 and 16 is, is interesting. I love, I took Albies. I was on the turn at the 15, 16. So mm-hmm. I went with, with Albies and Robert at 15 and 16, which I absolutely love that cool. start for. That's a great, that's a great start. Yeah. Yep. Power speed yeah. and average is, was set then going to score a lot of yeah. runs. RBI. I will say with, with Trout too, he's 30 now. So I'm really surprised he didn't slide because it feels like you put a three in front of a name yep. or an age and people are a little more wary in dynasty, but. Yeah, it's yeah, a fun like, it's a fun group. And it's just like no a perfect surprising. a perfect example of that is like Freddie Freeman. I see Freeman fall in like basically every dynasty, whether it's a real draft or a mock, he just keeps falling. It's all right, he's 32, people kind of shy away, but I've found myself scooping up. Like let me I want to get your guys' opinion on this. If you see a guy like whether it's much uh Freeman or maybe a Manny Machado or guys that are still elite players right now, but you know, they're getting up there a little bit, maybe maybe in the early thirties. Do you kind of shy away from those guys as well, or are you kind of looking to target those guys, you know, in the maybe second or third round of your drafts? It just depends on how you want to build. I think that it definitely is a great build in some ways. It depends on where you want to go. I mean, those guys are good values, and I think that they're going to be elite for a long time. So I don't have a problem with them with drafting mm-hmm. them there. I mean, Freeman's ADP of twenty five, so that puts him right outside the second round of a twelve team, right at the back of the a second round of a fifteen, like. It's a pretty good spot. I mean, he's safe. I think I think Freeman, like in a dynasty, like if you're playing for beyond three years, I think honestly you're you're doing it wrong. So Freeman's gonna <laughs> give you 
the next three years of, of good production. So, you know, if, if you're playing win now, he's going to be elite for you, in my opinion. And we know that he's capable of that. Yeah, yeah I was going to say for Freeman and Machado, Machado's not even 30 yet. Like when you're drafting a dynasty, if you're looking more than three, four years out, you have no clue what almost anyone you draft is going to be or do. Um, and so those guys who are elite, Freeman's skill set's going to age well. If he's there, I'm certainly considering him and not just taking him out of the equation because of age. So, yeah, I think too many people just go super young and build tricycle yeah. teams. And right. it's not a good formula for a dynasty build. Yeah, and, and I hate to say it, but we don't. you never know how long the league's going to last. Like, if you're... If you're not going to be competing for four or five years, the league could fold by then. Hopefully it doesn't, mm-hmm. but you never know. Like, you know, I don't want to build a super young team that, you know, it folds in year four and I didn't have any chance to contend. Like, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you want to build a young team. That's obviously, you know, the way to go in dynasty leagues and especially in the startup. But yeah, I, I won't shy away from mixing in these guys. Like in my particular uh, league here, I had the fourth overall pick went full Bichette. I think the top three were in some order Soto, Acuna, and and uh, Tatis. I went Bo mm-hmm. at four. Then at twenty seven, I took Freddie Freeman. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good value on him. He could help him and Bo. You know, Bo's young. Freeman's still you know, he's only thirty two, so it's not like he's that old. I think he could help me in the next few years, like Chris said. Then I went young after that. I went Kellnick, obviously uh, at thirty four. Uh, Logan Webb in the fourth. Abrams in the fifth. Boz, Karoloff, Glass, now Hayes. Like so, I went young after that, and I mixed in like Conforto and Cronenworth and JD Martinez in the you know around 10, 11, and twelve. So I did some older veterans there, but I don't think it's that bad to sneak in. Now, I'm not saying draft Max Scherzer in the second round or anything like that. Any yeah. like 38, 39 year olds like Joey Votto, but you know these early thirties guys like Mike Trout and Freddie Freeman. You know maybe a Zach Wheeler or someone like that. Now, these guys can give you elite top end value mm-hmm. for at least the next handful of years. And like you like we've all kind of mentioned, like, yeah, maybe you don't want to compete in year one. Like um Ian Khan has said he never wants to compete in year one. He's always voting for year two and beyond. That's fine. But mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking, yeah, if you're looking too far out and you miss the good value on these guys, I think that's yeah, that, that's the way I, I like to capitalize, at least on a couple of these guys. Like Freeman, I'll scoop out Freeman at 27 overall right now any day of the week because I think he's still a top 20 guy for the next handful of years. Yeah. And you bring up a good point. I think with pitching, especially you mentioned like a Zach Wheeler, like most pitchers we're seeing now aren't really hitting their peak until like late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. And we're seeing more and more arms pitch, you know, elite innings up until their high thirties, which I think is highly interesting. So mm-hmm. with, with arms, you can get away with taking a, a pitcher who's 30 and he's going to give you a, hopefully a lot of good innings for, a significant amount of time in a dynasty. And, and if people are pushing him down because they're 30 years old, then shoot great value for you. I, I absolutely love that. Yep. Everybody wants the young flashy arms, but you don't always have to do that. Yeah. And, and if you take the in con approach, even if you're building year two with like maybe at, well, if things break right year one, if Freeman is doing great and you're clearly not contending and you can get a great deal to send him to a contender. Yeah. Okay. You should get a haul for that. And if you don't trade him, great. He's going to be fine the next year too. But, like, you know, these are mocks. But if you're assuming you're in a real dynasty league, you've got trades. So right. those conversations are always a part of it and should be a part of how you think about evaluations. It's not simply how you value someone, but you got to know this guy slid a ton. Maybe not my favorite, but I can trade him. So it's, yeah. A, yeah. And I think that's a different strategy and approach from dynasty to redraft, too. Like, when, when, Yes. Players slide in a redraft league. There's normally a good reason for it, but in dynasty, the difference is there's so many drafters that build different ways, and we we definitely saw this in the in the ADP mocks where so many people built different ways, and you're going to see that too. And the, the more teams you get in a dynasty league, the more you're going to really see that come to fruition, and so you can get good value on sliding veterans in dynasty leagues. And I think that that's a, a really good point in a dynasty league, like. I'm much more willing to take a sliding player as opposed to a, a redraft league. Like normally when players slip past their ADP and you're like, oh, they're a great value in redraft, they're normally not. There's a reason that like the room, if it's a smart room and players are sliding, there's a good reason for it. But Dynasty, it's different because of the different strategies and builds that people have coming into it. Yep. Yeah, totally. that is a great point. All right, let's move on to the next segment here. Let's go 26 through 50, Chris. All right, so we'll just read them straight. Shane Bieber came in. He's a 26th player off the board, followed by Eloy Jimenez, Julio Urias, 
Sandy Alcantara, Aaron Judge, Jacob Degrom. Interesting. I was I was very curious where Degrom would end up, and and we can discuss that. He's got a pretty wide range from twenty two yeah, to sixty six. Yeah, he does. That's ridiculous. So, yep, his ADP of thirty two point five. Um, so then followed by Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Xander Bogarts, Cedric Mullins, Zach Wheeler, Jared Kelnick, your boy, Pete Alonso. Francisco Lindor and Corey Seager rounding out the 40 spot. And then 41 through 50 included Freddie Peralta, Lu- uh, Lucas Giolito, Teoscar Hernandez, Trevor Story, Max Scherzer, Aaron Nola, Tim Anderson, Marcus Simeon, Alex Bregman, and Carlos Correa. And that's the top 50. You can find that free on my Twitter. There's a Google sheet for it or on the Patreon, the free post. You can find all those if you, if I was reading too fast, and I talk a little fast sometimes. So you can always come back and find that here. We can uh, we can link it in the show as well. So, yep, that's the top fifty we got. Any thoughts on any of these players that went from twenty five to or twenty six to fifty? You know, it's funny. The first one that comes to my comes to my mind is at fifty, Carlos Correa. It's funny. I I don't know why he gets valued so much higher, more higher, and more highly, I should say, in dynasty than redraft. If you look at his ADP and redraft. It's like pushing right around a hundred, give or take, and then he's still considered a top fifty player here, even though he's he's not old obviously i think he's what 27 28 right now but Mm -hmm. i find it funny that there's such a wide range in his redraft adp to his dynasty adp because people value him as a top 50 guy or you know my record is he's not top 50 but some people do value him there and you saw in this he had a range of 34 to 73 so he was being taken in the 30s in a a few drafts here it looks like Mm -hmm. three drafts he went in the 30s which is kind of odd if people aren't willing to go higher always push top 50 on him and redraft when he's still only 27 years old it's kind of fun i just don't know why there's such a wide range you guys have any thoughts on that why there's such a wide range between redraft and, and dynasty for carlos correa's value i almost wonder if redraft there people are just wondering where he's gonna sign which i don't think it Maybe. should impact his value very much but i wonder if that's in the back of their minds which i, I don't think it's gonna matter he's gonna hit um but yeah, it, it is very odd. I've noticed the same thing, him sliding more there. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think like you have him 60th, I think, in Dynasty for OVP, yeah. Chris. But like, yeah, this 34 to 73 is also a huge range. Yeah, that is a good yeah. range. And it's always interesting to me when you see these players under 30 that are going significantly later in redraft and Dynasty. Like Brandon Lau's another one. I don't understand why Brandon Lau's redraft ADP is so low this year with a season he came off of. His ADP mm-hmm. here ended up in the 60s, but he's going like the 80s in redraft, which I think is very interesting. I don't I don't understand the logic. Like Correa is much higher here. He's ADP of 52.9. Like that's so much higher than you know most people will take him. And you know, I mean his, his min was 34, but that wasn't really an outlier. We saw 36. Um, and then after that, it wasn't we saw 49 and some in the 50s. So yeah, it wasn't really a huge outlier at 34, which is interesting. I think in that spot, I mean, there's other shortstops I'm willing to go like that I trust much more than Correa. Like I like Correa. I think he's in that later tier. But if you can get one of the other shortstops, like would you like? So let's just so it let's just say at at pick 35, you could get a Trevor Story. You could get Francisco Lindor. You get Corey Seager. Even Xander Bogarts, his ADP was right at 35. Like I'm willing to. I'm, I'm taking all those guys over Correa, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And I, I don't think it should be that close. Like, I have story. I value him way ahead. Xander Bogarts here was criminally underrated. Yeah. Where did he, he come is. in? I, yeah, where did he come in? Oh, so he was the 34th guy overall at 34.9, range yeah. of 29 to 42. I, I don't get – okay, is he kind of boring? Sure. He's, he's not flashy, but the guy has been like a top 25 player, like basically eight – every year for the last like five six years i don't know and he's still only i don't think he's 30 yet no he's still 29 uh he'll be 29 for the entire season so him his adp is way too low like he's 280 plus hitter year in year out he hasn't hit under 280 since 2017 he's 20 23 25 plus home runs 100 plus rbi like 100 plus runs adds in a little bit of speed uh, he had five steals eight steals four eight i don't know why he's so underrated and in both redraft and dynasty it's, it's really odd to me he yeah he's kind of like freddie freeman light like he's gonna yeah. consistently give you good average good power he's gonna chip in a couple steals and he's in a great lineup but you're right i think that you know in the midst of all these you know draft picks it is interesting to see like 
I, I think he's easily a top 25 asset in dynasty league. I wonder if my rankings actually reflect that. You have to uh, Chris 18. Okay, good. Yeah. Yep. So easily top 25 then. So you yeah, have to make yeah. some adjustments live on air. If we, uh, we didn't have that. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I have him, I have him 21. So yeah, yeah. it's, and uh, yeah. obviously he's a little more bump up in LBP formats, but yeah, I, I just don't get the, I, I won't say the hate for Bogarts. I don't think anybody hates him, but he's just so underrated. I think it's just cause he's just not, he doesn't have the sexy profile of a lot of the other shortstops up here. He doesn't have the hit tool of Wander, the power speed of like a Bichette or Trey Turner or Tatis, et cetera. So he seems and to he fall. hasn't he, ever been the top dynasty hitter in his lineup because Betts was there. Now Devers above him. So I wonder if yeah. that too, and just like does something in people's mind, which I mean, it's bad analysis. Yeah. But I he's, a, well, he's a little overshadowed. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, affects perceived value. It definitely does. Yeah. Any yeah. other players in here that, you know, really, I mean, I think we got to talk about the Mets double headed monster rotation that may or may not ever be healthy. <laughs> I mean, both DeGrom and Scherzer in here. Um, I don't, Scherzer's range 16 to 72. <laughs> Who's taking like, Scherzer at 16? I, I just said, don't do that. Insane. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, I almost wonder if somebody that took him at 16 thought, you know, a redraft league. I, I don't know. I'm not going to. Or it's just somebody that was going full win now, but he also went 18 in another draft. So, you know, that's you have 16 and 18. And then your next highest after that was 33. Honestly, his max pick of 72, I'm not even drafting him there in a dynasty league. And 72 was his max from one of your drafts, actually. His max in the um, mocks was 66. I don't think I'm touching Scherzer in top 70 of the top 75 pick in dynasty. I think that he's probably got, you know, one more good year, hopefully. One more elite year, I'll say. I think he can be good, but you're just getting really risky when you're pushing those guys up, and he's, what, 37, going to be 38 this year? Yep. I think yeah. he's already 38. Yeah, he, yep. he's, yeah. Uh, yeah, he just turned 38 a couple months ago. Yep, yeah, so you're getting but, real risky taking a pitcher that's 38 in top 15 in a dynasty draft, a dynasty draft mm-hmm, of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't yeah. love that. DeGrom, I, DeGrom, if he was healthy, I think that, he probably ends up 10 picks higher at, I mean, 30, 32.5 in the Rotowire dynasty mock that I did. He actually was the first pitcher off at 16, which no way. Like I, I can't do that. I, I don't think I, I just personally am not getting to Grom anywhere right now because I don't trust that Same. he's healthy. And so yeah. in a redraft league, it's, it's definitely prominent because I don't, I, I think he has a torn UCL. So I don't think he's going to pitch this year. And in dynasty, the price that you're going to have to pay because someone in your league is always going to overvalue him because he is the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy, Mm -hmm. when he is healthy and he's on the mound, he's the best pitcher in baseball. There's no question about that. We saw it last year, pitched 92 innings and he was like the sixth best pitcher for fantasy purposes. Like, yeah, absolute insane stuff. We know that he's that good, but you also have to think about there's other factors to that. And if he's not on the mound, then it doesn't matter. So yeah, if you draft him at where he, he went, and then he doesn't so 32 ADP and he doesn't pitch then his perceived value. And, and I use per, the word perceived value because I think that's a lot of what dynasty is like how we perceive their values. Your league mates, no one wants him. Like you, you got a, a 34 year old with a torn UCL that has to have TJ like, and, and the, the Mets basically have done the inevitable by not having, I know he wants to pitch through it, whatever, but I, I don't, I, I think that he's going to have to have the surgery at some point. And so that's why yeah. I'm just not even touching it. Yeah, in the commissioner's office mock that I'm running right now, he was the fifth pitcher off the board and went 24th overall. And I I think that's what it is. Right. It's because he's the best pitcher when he's healthy, but I just, I don't trust that health. And so I take someone else. I was looking at fan graphs the other day. And if DeGrom had pitched the same amount of innings or just basically a full season, he would have had a war, like, I think three and a half higher than both the Cy Young. Like it was, it would have been like three and a half higher than Corbin Burns and, and Robbie Ray and everyone. I'm like, my word, like how much better. And then Burns obviously was lights out this past year. Yeah. And he's my unquestioned number one dynasty pitcher right now. There's nobody else I would even consider. I think he has the highest combination of ceiling, floor, health, age, all of that wrapped up. I think it's a no brainer Corbin Burns. And he went, uh, what was the second one here? Yeah. He went throughout three and a half picks ahead of, Walker Bueller on average, but Bueller doesn't have the same strikeout upside as Burns. That's where the uh, the difference is there. But yeah, I, I can't 
I won't, I won't, I, I won't, I don't mind drafting older. Like, I would be okay drafting like a, a Zach Wheeler here, but I just can't get on board with going Scherzer this high. Even though I love Scherzer, he's always been a favorite of mine. I can't go this high in him or even DeGrom. It's just too much risk there. Yeah. And for uh, Ariel Cohen just released the ATC projections today. And for reference, he has DeGrom at 146 innings, which is possible, but I, I'm not willing to say that. But 2.49 ERA. And then we know like that's a 100% capable projection. Yeah. Like, no doubt about that. That that's a conservative projection. I, I think so too. 200, 210 Ks over 146 innings. So he, Burns he has at 172 innings and 220 224 strikeouts, 3.11 ERA. That's probably fair. I, I do think that's fair. But for for WAR, you mentioned that Degrom has projected 5.4 WAR, which is uh, just point one behind Burns with that fewer that many fewer innings. So yeah. he's he's elite. There's no denying that. I don't think any of us deny that that Jacob DeGrom is an elite pitcher. It's more the fact that mm-hmm. he's sitting on a torn UCL, I'm pretty sure, and that's not good. No, it, it's not good. And, yeah, DeGrom, it's funny, wherever wherever I rank DeGrom, people have issues with it. It's <laughs> People always think I'm too low on DeGrom, but so he could, the elbow could fall apart any second. I, I can see him starting off the year hot, you know, middle of May, all, all of a sudden he has to leave a start early, you know, and then it's just downhill from there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, he's not a guy I'm – going after yeah but, i think uh, i think he's comfortable for 100 innings like we saw this year yeah. if he play if he pitches through it and i just don't want to deal with that frustration honestly no 146 innings of jacob Degrom is cy young and a top 10 to top 10 overall fantasy player yeah. like that's mm-hmm. if, that's all he needs like he can get into that freddie peralta range and have like a one something era and seven gajillion strikeouts and a 0.5 <laughs> something whip like something we haven't seen since like bob gibson quarter century before I was even born. So yeah, Tegram's just a special breed, but I, I hope he can stay healthy because you know I think he's it's better for baseball when he's there. But for Dynasty, he's definitely in a void right now. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side and get into some more ADP talks. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more Fantrax Toolshed right after this. Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer Aerospace Excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. All right, welcome back from the break. Let's get into the next 50 here, 51 through 100. We won't list off every name. That's just a lot at this point. But uh, let's talk about some interesting players and some trends here that we see that we find intriguing. So 51 through 100, anything stand out to you guys in this range at all, whether it be players or some trends you saw? Well, right off the bat, I mean, Jazz Chisholm is a 51st player off the board. I mean, there's there's obviously a wide market on him, 34 to 79 range. And it's another interesting one. I mean, his redraft ADP is much lower, but I don't know what to make of Jazz, and I think this is a big make-or-break year, and I think this is a make-or-break pick, too. I think I think at the price, if you're paying, you know, 53 ADP on him, at 34 especially, then, you know, you're going to have to have him hit, like, 90th percentile outcome, I think. So, yeah, Jazz is the first one right off the bat, 51st player off the board that really stands out to me. Yeah, and Tyler O'Neill is a couple spots below him too. Similar kind of wide range of outcomes there with that with that approach. But yeah, it's funny with with Jazz. I remember when Jazz first broke out last year and he had that really dominant like thirty days or whatever it was. And I, I forget where I bumped him up to. I think it was actually probably in the sixty ish range. People were like legit upset with me that I didn't put him higher. They're like, oh, he should be top twenty five. I'm like, are you serious right now? This is <laughs> like whole you know pump the brakes a little bit. You know it's the approach is not great here. Yeah. And we saw that, you know, he was a well below average player the rest of the year, but that hot start and he still, you know, threw in some power and speed the rest of the way. So he still had that nice overall line, at least in the power and speed department. But yeah, this is a guy that could easily be out of the top 100 by the time next year. So yeah, it was very intriguing to see where he went, 
uh, where like Tyler O'Neill went. Buxton was right a couple of spots behind there. Mm-hmm. These are all guys in the 50s. Then we mixed a couple of prospects here. Green, Torque, Adley Rushman are on this range. Do you think that was, you know, for the those three guys, Green, Torque, Rushman going overall 55th, 56th, and 58th, right in the 57 to 60 overall ADP range. Do you think you guys think that was Nathan? Do you think that was a good spot for those guys? Yeah, yeah, I think it seems about <clears throat> right. I mean, it's about where I think like you and Chris would have them in terms of general rankings is right around there. Um, I also think this place in a draft in the 50s, you're a couple rounds in. This is where if you haven't decided, you have to decide what direction you're going. Yes. Um, and I think it's where you start to see that risk because even the players we were just talking about with Jazz and O'Neill and Buxton, like there's some either profile concerns or Buxton's just like, can he ever stay healthy? Um, so I think when you start seeing these prospects with those guys, it's like, okay, everyone's got risk. Do I want to bake my risk into a player who's in the big leagues and showed me some stuff or the risk in that this prospect doesn't pan out? And I mean, these guys are obviously the huge risk guys that we'll see later on, but Torque, Rushman, um, there's another prospect who went in here. Um, Oh, Abrams, Davis, both went a little later on here. Um, And you've got like Bellinger who, you know, had a 24 to 91 range and like, well, yeah, that's a whole lot of risk. And I'm sorry, whoever took him at 24, that was a bad decision. Um, Did did they think we were in 2019 or something or? (laughs) Right. It's a retro league. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, so yeah, I I think, I think that's a good place for them. Um, And they're all close, right? Like, Depending on the CBA, we will see all three of them probably early-ish this year. Right, um, right, yeah. And I think that's the big thing for me is if I'm taking a prospect, you bet at this point I want them to impact in 2021 or 2022. What year is it? Whatever. <laughs> Who knows? The, the last like 20, <laughs> right. 24 months have been a blur. 2020 no something? Chance. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's still February 2020, right? Like what's this <laughs> pandemic we're talking about? We've uh, been in for two years now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, th- this is definitely the range where, you know, unless I can, you know, get you know, a, a wit or J Rod at a good value. This is probably where I start looking at some prospects and you know, I'll get, you know, Riley green all day at that price. I think that's a solid price on green Bushman. I think is good there as well. Love CJ Abrams. And uh, where was he overall? He was a little lower. 84. 84. Oh yeah. He was way lower. So that, that's a great price on Abrams. I would rather have him there than, than Brennan Davis. I have some worries about Davis's, you know, strikeout rate. And if he's as, if he's going to run as much as people think, but the one thing that really stood out to me here was you know a pair of rookies from 2021 and how much higher one was in the other that's andrew vaughn and alex Kirilov. vaughn mm. went uh, adp was 79 and Kirilov was 98 so almost 20 picks later which i kind of found funny you know chris we, we've talked about vaughn a lot Kirilov a bit too on, on here Kirilov obviously you missed a lot of time with injury maybe that's why his adp is a little bit reasonable but I thought I'd see Andrew Vaughn fall a bit further just because of the, you know, the really subpar year he had. I think we both think he's going to bounce back, but for me, I like Karloff more than Andrew Vaughn. So what were your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah. And this is actually a discussion that I had with, with Welsh. He, on his podcast, he was talking about this and we had some, some rankings debates and, you know, obviously this ADP got brought up too with um talking about the differences there. And, you know, he asked, you know, why did I have Vaughn so much higher ranked than Kirilov? I have Vaughn at 72 and I have Kirilov at 109. And that's an interesting point. It made me actually change my rankings. I actually have updated since then, not on tracks, but I, I, I said that I, I believe that Kirilov will get to the Vaughn level, but but why after seeing Vaughn struggle are they so far apart? And you know, that was a, a good thing for me to see. I don't know. It's interesting because I think Kirilov looks like a, a player to me that could you know hit 290 with 25 plus home runs and yeah Vaughn is capable of that too I do think that Vaughn was completely you know just his year was just a wash because he was playing out of position he was jerked in and out of the lineup he was Agreed, yeah. playing second base like what are they doing and playing left <laughs> field like that was just so stupid but whatever it's it's Tony, Tony La Russa yeah. thinks it's still 1995 you yeah. know but here's my question though like every other prospect that come up and struggle like they normally drop in value so this surprised me that Vaughn stayed up here with an ADP of 79 I thought that was interesting you know his, his low pick was only 102 I actually took Kirilov at his lowest pick 
of 106, which I thought was a uh, was pretty good value there. Um, I don't That's know. Phenomenal. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think Kirilov's ready to re- provide a good return on investment. I think that he's one that could really, really pop off this year. So, yeah, actually, I, I see that his low is now 128. I think that was from one of Nathan's leagues we had. He added, went but... lower in both of mine than the 106, yep. yeah. That, yep. That's absurd. I, I got him 94 in mine, and in my rankings right now, I have Kirilov 70 and Vaughn 108, simply because I feel there's a higher floor. I, I like Vaughn the bounce back, obviously. We've talked about that before, but I think there's similar power upside here, but I think Kirilov has got to hit for 20 to 25 points higher than average, and that's why I, I have him still 70th overall. I think he's I think 290, 25 is very reasonable. I think he could hit 300. This is such a good pure hitter. Um, so I think he's going to be right in the middle of the order, driving in a ton of runs. He add a little bit of speed as well. I think he'll add maybe five more steals annually than Vaughn, so that's something at least. But, yeah, I, I don't know why they're so far apart and with Vaughn ahead. That's just it, – it was a head-scratcher for me for sure. It's, even in this format – I thought Kirilov would go 20 spots higher than he did, mm-hmm. but him going barely even top 100 was really surprising. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in on Vaughn being a better player long-term, but honestly, in 2022, I'm concerned about his playing time still because not much has really changed other than second base, I guess, um, in Chicago. Like, is he going to get regular playing time? And since this is weekly format, like, yeah. you don't really want a platoon. And... I mean, roster resources has him platooning with Gavin Sheets. God knows why. I don't believe that. I don't either, but Tony the Roos is in charge, so I kind of do. I think roster resources has Kelnick uh, platooning as well, which is just not going to happen. Who knows? I don't know where they really. I don't know where they come up with some of these. But it was it was somebody weird that I think it might have been Kelnick. Maybe it wasn't, but there was somebody. My gosh! Yeah, yeah. Uh, Who 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 with who's the who's uh, the Dylan Moore? Oh, yeah, no way. Come on, come on! <laughs> I, I love I love roster resource and fan graphs, but come on! Like Kalnick is not platooning with Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore is terrible. Uh, yeah, he's not. He's not with Kalnick last year. He's not good. Hey, 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 Nathan! <laughs> hey, hey! Do not come on this podcast and disrespect Jared he Kalnick was, to my face. He was bad last year. Just he just was quantifiably bad. That's all I said. I didn't say he would be bad this uh, year. I said he was bad last year. He's Wh- you're gonna, Eric's going to boot you off the, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just going to cut Bye. the connection. Nathan's yeah. done. No, seriously, Nathan's no. Uh, with how bad Kelnick was last year, did his uh, ADP was 39.7. Did that surprise you guys, or do you think that was about right? It's a tool shed mock. They all listen to you. Right? <laughs> and you know, that's a fair dynasty spot. No, it's a good spot for him. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all right. I mean, where is he in my rankings? I think he's 30th, give or take 29th overall in my rankings. So yeah, obviously a little higher. I got him at 34. So but I'm surprised. I thought I'd be a little bit lower just because of how bad he was. But I'm glad to see that people are still somewhat on the Kelnick train, at least to some degree. to 55, so you did get a little bit of range. But, I'm yeah. surprised. I was I when in, I started this draft, I'm like, there's a 98% chance I'm gonna set the min pick on Jared Kelnick. And I almost did, but was it 28 was his min pick, you said? Yeah, yeah 28, yeah. and I got him a 34. So it was yeah. not me, surprisingly. And you got <laughs> sniped on him in my mock. I did. Who who yeah. did that? I, I gotta Michael yell at that person. Waterloo. Oh, Waterloo, yes. Damn he's him. he's also very much still in on Kelnick, so yeah. I will fight anybody that says they're more in on Kelnick than I am. <laughs> we all know I'm the Kelnick guy. For better or for worse, I'm right. No, not according out. to this draft. Yeah. Listen, Nathan. Listen. <laughs> you could have taken him at 22 overall, but you took I was Bobby gonna Wood Jr. Jr. Well, yeah, because it's Bobby Wood Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I, saying. I started, so. your, I started your draft with Kyle Tucker at nine and Bobby Wood Jr. at 22. Like, that's a great start. I, I, can't, I couldn't go Kelnick there. So a, no. a year ago, would you have taken – uh, Kilnick over Bobby Witt Jr. Yes. Yeah, that's what I figured. It's funny how values change so much in a, a year, which Kilnick hasn't fallen that much, but but Wits has definitely jumped a lot. Yeah, That's why I find it funny when people will like yell at us, like, oh, why have your values changed? I'm like, because prospects and young, just young players in general, it's an ever-changing, you know, someone's value can change drastically in a month or two. Like, we see it. So volatile, yeah. Especially, yeah, especially with these young guys and prospects that are adjusting to the major leagues or to the high minors, wherever it might be, like it's night and day sometimes. So dynasty values are always changing. And if you're, you know, if you're not up 
for the ever changing, you know, values, then you're gonna get you're gonna fall behind because you'll miss out on some guys that are rising or falling, but or whatever. So yeah, it's uh, like the stock market. Dynasty value changes literally daily, weekly. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's and if you're not if you're not adjusting, you're you're gonna fall behind, like you said. So yeah, yeah. I'm curious if you guys think O'Neill Cruz was a little high as the prospect Where? experts. Where is uh, O'Neill Cruz? Ninety three. Had this was yeah ninety three. Mm, but 53 maybe, to 137 yeah, yeah big range oh over 53 absolutely is too high but you know i'm I'm okay with back end top 100 i think i have him just a little lower than that in my rankings let's see where do i have him oh i have him 141 that's a lot lower than i thought i had him <laughs> i'm gonna bump him up a little bit i think he should be probably 20 much higher than that but uh yeah that, that's not surprising with you know the power speed that he has and how he kind of performed last year on the upper minors and yeah. He's such that's an that's enigma that's... of a player. So he bizarre is. that a six foot seven shortstop has the speed that he does, the yep. zone control that he does, and the, and the power that he does. Of course, you'd expect the power, but uh, he had one of the hardest hit balls in baseball last year. What one hundred and eighteen yeah. something? Okay. So, that so that he had like nuts. seven seventeen home runs in sixty four games or whatever it was. Like this, the power is just stupid good. Like this is elite raw power. Thirty plus homer bat right here. So. Yeah, I'm not Seamer, surprised. Like, Seamer's just stupid high on him. Like, it's absolutely insane. And actually, they're only at like 400-something plate appearances. The Steamer's 600 that adjust to 600 plate appearances. Let's see if I can find them. It's like 28 home runs, 17 steals. Okay, yep, sorry, 20, 27 home runs and 19 steals if he played, if he got 600 plate appearances, what they project him at, with a 281 average, which I don't really buy a 281 average. I think he's going to be lower than that, but – projections don't like rookies like this like that's nuts atc's got him at 19 homers 11 steals 267 327 468 slash and 111 games played that is actually i can definitely see that yeah props to you ariel that's a good one yeah and that's the thing i think i actually think he's gonna be they wouldn't have brought him up last year if they were just gonna send him back down this year he's gonna play every day i mean he's like their only good player Right, Sorry, I mean, we Brian Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, we didn't see them do that with uh, Brian <laughs> Hayes. They did a similar thing where they brought him up, and and mm-hmm. they didn't send him back down. So, so why would they do this with O'Neill Cruz? And I and it, honestly, if I had to guess, when the CBA is all settled, that hopefully some of this bullcrap of you know these service time manipulations, oh, I, I hope so, out the window. And this lineup's pretty sneaky good at the top. I know people don't really want to give it the credit it deserves, but it's a pretty good lineup at the top if you have Brian Hayes. Uh, Brian Reynolds, O'Neill Cruz, and Yoshi Sosugo, who was insanely good down the stretch that no one's realizing. Like he's a he's a great deep pickup right now. So if you're listening, mm-hmm. if you're still listening, 50 minutes in, Yoshi Sosugo <laughs> is projected to bat second in this lineup. He was really good once he got freed and you know got the chance to play every day. So I love Sosugo. I'm picking him up a lot of places. There, there's a guy I never thought we'd talk about when this podcast started. Yoshi Satsuko. <laughs> yeah, where's his dynasty ADP? Let's let's find this. <laughs> what, what, let's all guess. Let's all guess before yeah. Chris. All right, before I, all right. I haven't Gosh. seen it yet. I haven't well, seen it. Four seventy-five. I bet. I bet weren't there only four hundred and fifty picks? Yes, but time? but I'm guessing <laughs> I'm guessing your your two leagues factored in. Oh, they definitely took. Yeah, I he, bet he would go in those. I bet he only got picked in two of the ten mock drafts. Probably. So yeah, I'm going I would with say I'm something going like, like go for 540. Yeah. Wow, it's higher than that. 403. Wow. Really? Yeah. I was not going to go that on, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So he had a high pick of, of a min of 325, but he also wasn't picked in several of the mocks. Like in, in your two leagues, Nathan, he's 474 and 349. He was picked in. One, two, three, four of the ten mocks. So I wasn't off too off on that. <laughs> He's so. right, right behind Christian Pache and Carter Keboom. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen when they're getting Oof. ranked right with Yoshi Sasugo in the rotting corpse of Mike Mustakis. I feel like yeah. somebody felt really bad about their first base situation and took Yoshi at three twenty five. <laughs> yeah, maybe Yoshi. He, he, didn't, he didn't even go in my league. Oh no yeah, he didn't go in a ton of these. Yeah, only four of them. So. Yeah, it's certainly uh, certainly interesting. Yeah, that's a fun one. All right, uh, we're we're going long. We're rambling. So let's uh, <laughs> let's look for. That's a good conversation. I, I don't mind it at all. It's good 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 conversation. 
let's look at a, a favorite pick between the 100 and 200 range. Give me a second Dude, to look 100 through here. 200? Yeah, 100 280 p a, a favorite spot there, a favorite player that you like in that like, range. Like best value we talking? Sure, or? sure, yeah, best value. Actually, right. let's look up best and worst value in the 100 to 200 range. All right, so, I like this. Look here. There, there's some. It's it's tough. It's tough to. You know, this is on Chris, the spot. What were the? Was this saves league? Yes. So you okay. got some. Yeah, yeah, you got some closers that are higher. I won't insult the closer. <laughs> yeah, were you looking at Liam Hendricks? Uh, and Classe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't think I have Hendricks ranked too far below that. I think that was a solid. Yeah, I think Hater went top one. Hater was like ninety two ADP. So I think I've found my least favorite, and I, I know that this isn't going to be popular because <laughs> our good buddy James Anderson has pumped him up, and there's a reason that he went here, and that's Jesus Sanchez, who James said he would have as his number four prospect right now if he was just ranking prospects. And Sanchez went off the board at an ADP of 133, so a min pick of 106 and a max of 175. I don't even have him ranked in my top 175, I don't think. I, I I like Sanchez. I love the power, but I think the strikeout stuff is just concerning to an extent. So I'm really not sure what kind of average we're going to get from him. I'm not sure it's going to be a good average at that. So I'm curious. I'm looking up where I have him ranked right now. I, okay, I actually bumped him up. I have him 160. Uh, so I, I shouldn't tell you I won't pick him in the top 175, but you know it'd be tough for me to – I may adjust that because I don't know if I want him in the top 175. But 133 is a little rich for my blood with him. An unproven Jesus Sanchez. You guys have see one that you like yet? I've got a couple. Like, yeah, I like. I think one of them is going to be Eric's, so I'll let his favorite go first. No, no, go go ahead. I want to see what you're taking here. Uh there's two that I really like. Um, Jesus Lazardo's value and Joe Adele's. Um, Lazardo, yeah, Lazardo is a great one. He's down he here. One ninety one. One ninety eight ADP. Yep. Um, one fifty six to two thirty five range. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know Eric's been talking about this, but like all of us, I think are still in on Lozardo. Yeah, um, he, has, so. he hasn't got a fair shake to drop. No, I, saw, I have yeah. him ranked well above his mid. Yeah, one thirty two. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, his um, mid pick of one fifty six. I have him ranked well above that. Yeah, and so I just think that's a great potential return on investment at that draft point. Um, he could give you great. Miami's pitching development is just really solid and i mean he went i think below sixto uh who went yeah 188 adp so about 10 adp gap and yep sixto's obviously talented as heck but like and this was before that video came out where he, <laughs> he didn't know how to throw a baseball geez. anymore but or like, he had gained 100 pounds yeah and, like, my six my six-year-old can throw harder than that yeah the reports that like he wasn't following their instructions and like doing the workouts, it's just not what you want. Yeah. Um, no. And then, yeah, Adele, I just, I think there's a, I think he's still a really talented player. I think he could prove well above this. I don't think it's like the biggest steal at all, but I like Adele. Where was his ADP? 139. Okay. You have him at 149. So like it's all within that range. Sure. Certainly. Yeah. But that's a, that's why I have spot. Adele. I think I have him in that range too. I have him 124. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which which makes sense that Chris was having lower than me because OBP Adele yeah. doesn't walk much at all, so yeah. that makes sense. I think I found my uh, my favorite and least favorite. They're both in the you know the back end. Uh, no thing. I love this guy in general, one of my favorite players. But in no way am I taking a thirty nine year old coming off Tommy John surgery in the top two hundred. That's Justin Verlander. I don't I don't yep. get that at all. Uh, he had a min pick of ninety three. Like you want to build have one of your top two or three arms in the dynasty league be a thirty nine year old coming off Tommy John. I just I can't get on board with that at all. Nope. No. I already he, forgot who my, my lowest he, one those. Verlander's really one that you just don't draft in Dynasty unless they just keep falling and falling, in my opinion, because it's and, a it's a one-year project, I think. Yeah, it, it's like taking Nelson Cruz. It's like that's he true. might be really good for two years, but he also might not. So that's a good I'll point. I'll take Nelly like, all day and redraft, but. Right. So that's a good point, though, because they're, and I get Cruz is uh, maybe a year older, but I get the pitcher, I get the the bat. But Cruz had an ADP of 291, which is probably where I'd take him. You know, he's he's you know he's probably a one-year project in Dynasty. That's probably a fair spot for Verlander. But I think there's just so much hype around 
Verlander being that top starting pitcher again that people just we haven't seen him pitch in a year. I know. I'm not taking him there. Yep. Yeah, I, I certainly agree on that. Eric, did you have your your least favorite? I'm sorry, well, you had your was... least favorite. Did you have your yeah. favorite? I do. Yeah, my favorite was Michael Conforto. I think there's some good value mm-hmm. there on Conforto. He was at was it 160 the 161st player overall ADP 166.4. I have him about 50 spots higher than that. Yeah, last year it, he was terrible, but he's shown that he still can be a. And I wouldn't be surprised if he bounced back and was, you know, well within the top 100 again uh, this time next year because he mm-hmm. had some years that were very, very good. And his quality of contact has always been, you know, very high end. You know, the power's there. Yeah, we'll have to see where he signs, but he should be healthy next year. He's still only 28 years old. You're talking about a guy that's never had a barrel rate lower than 9.2%, which is well above average. And even last year, like he had, at least in the Savant era, his second best K rate at 21.7% and his second best walk rate. So even last year when the numbers weren't great overall, you know, he definitely under, you know, was a little unlucky. All the expected metrics are higher. So I'm, I'm thinking there's a nice bounce back from him here and he can still be a, very good, like three and a half category guy, hit you like 270 or so, 30 plus home runs, good amount of RBIs and runs too. Obviously, you'll have to see where he signs, but yeah, I think that's a, a great buy low opportunity right now, Michael Conforto. Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree there. This one's actually my favorite, it's been a little skewed by both the Nathan's leagues, and you'll see why. But uh, that's Willie Adamas. I think that there's a big drop off at shortstop. And he's like the last one of those guys that you can really count on to be a high-end contributor. And we saw what he could do once he moved out of Tampa. And this was what who he was in Milwaukee was exactly who he was on the road you know, consistently in Tampa. And I think the drop had a big effect. And you know, mm-hmm. we saw how dominant he was when he came over to Milwaukee. And I'm really expecting a repeat of that. I think he's gonna hit for solid average. He's gonna be give you 25 home run pop with a couple steals. Now, his ADP came in at 116, but he had a min pick of 59, which came from one of Nathan's leagues, actually. And the other high pick of his was 90 that came from your league also. So from the 10 mocks, I mean, he was going much, much lower than that. You know, he went as low as 157. Saw a couple in the 140 range. Like, that's awesome value. There's another one in the 150 range. You know, I'd absolutely love to. And actually, I, I plan to take him. But I ended up getting a little shafted. He went right before I was going. So I, that's why I pivoted to Gavin Lux, which I, that was probably my mm-hmm. least favorite pick I took. But yeah, I, Adamas is the 124 one, ADP in just the tool shed mocks. Okay. So, yeah. So that's yeah. that's solid. I think that he's going to return top 75 value pretty easily for the, and he's 26. That's the crazy yeah. thing. It seems like he's been around forever. That's because he has. He debuted at 22 <laughs> and he's just turned 26 at the end of last season. He's going to play all next year, 26 years old. So just entering his prime. So I love Adamas. I think he's going to make a big jump forward. Yep. Give me him yep. over Correa at the value all day long. What, I, what's I the difference? In redraft too. Yeah. They're very similar players. They're both going to hit for a good average, 270, 280, 25 to 30 home runs. And Adamas is, might even be a little bit safer. We've seen all the injuries that Correa's had over the years. And we, don't, we still don't know what his landing spot is. Adamas is in a pretty solid Milwaukee lineup now. Where he and thrived he gets to play last the Pirates, year. yeah, he, and the Reds and the Cubs, hey, hey, and the Cardinals, the Pir- none of which have great rotations. <laughs> hey, hey, the Pirates' ace is Jose Quintana. Don't you disrespect Jose Quintana? I'm a Cubs fan. Ace. I can disrespect Jose Quintana <laughs> all freaking day. That, that rotation is so pathetic. <laughs> it's so bad. Like that might be the worst. Obviously, it's still you know only mid-January, but I doubt they're going to bring in anybody that's it's Pittsburgh. Let's be honest. But yeah, that is such a god awful rotation. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? We're right at the hour mark and some good conversation. But anything else we can think of to add to this discussion? Uh, no. One pick. I'm gonna go. I want to go back a little bit. Yeah. This is okay. one pick I wanted to mention before we moved on from the last segment. But at 70 overall, I was kind of surprised Shane McClanahan went that high. I love Shane McClanahan. I'm writing an article about Shane McClanahan, but did that seem a bit high for you guys at 70 overall? Especially some of the names that went behind him. Yep. Uh, I'm not wow, sure. He had that. a min of 48. Yeah. That, that guy, I kind of just like, I was looking, I was scrolling up and I'm like, wow. Like, I love McClanahan and all, but he went ahead of some of the pitchers ahead of uh, went behind him, I should say. Freed, Castillo. Dylan Cease, Freed. Yeah. Barrios, Castillo, Musgrove. Uh, Chris Sale is kind of, 
it's odd. Like, I, I think he could be top 100, but just that he went in front of those names Gavin, really was surprising. Pablo, yeah, geez. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's an interesting one. That's a that's one that's really high. And, you know, while we're right in that range, Robbie Ray's interesting because who knows how to value him? Like, he was so right. elite last year, but who knows what he's going to do next year. And his range was yeah. from 43 to 100, which was a, a huge, I think, probably the biggest range of the top 100 picks. But maybe, out, yeah, it probably was. It was higher than Scherzer's, actually. So that's uh, interesting there. Ray, I have no clue how to value Ray. I don't know what to expect out of him. People, think, it, go either way. Uh, I mean, it's a little Salve higher. Perez than, actually had the biggest range there, but yeah. Yeah, Salve's Sal- 32 to 129. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, a- another interesting name that snuck in that I'm, I'm kind of glad to see sneak into the top 100 that I didn't think would was Zach Gallon. I think people are, a lot of people are mm. buying the bounce back here from Gallon. So. Which is great to see. I, I love, I love Gallon. And yeah, he's got four just really, really good pitches. And he, he was injured last year. You know, he just wasn't on the mound consistently. I, I think he's going to be fine. And, so this is interesting because I think I've seen him go a lot lower. I've I've been scooping him up a lot in the 120 range. So it's it's good to yeah. see people are still in on him at least. Yeah, he's he's still he's going ahead. Uh he's ahead of Gaussman, you know, which is uh, pretty interesting there. Yeah. You know, Gaussman's got a few years older, sure, but I was surprised to see him go ahead of Gaussman and yeah, um, uh, yeah. So Ian Anderson, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good, you know, young arms in that range are like give or take a hundred. You got Ian Anderson, you got Logan Gilbert, Frankie Montas. You know, Lance Lynn, a little bit older, but um, yeah, what a, what a fun arms there. Grayson Rodriguez for, at 118 overall. That's a good one right there. Mm-hmm. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Chris, th- thanks. Thanks for, you know, this is, this was 100% Chris's idea. He's the one that was like, hey, we should do this. Let's do it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So, Chris, thanks for uh, kind of coordinating this, putting it all on, putting it into a, a sheet. Mm-hmm. Nathan, yeah. thanks to all you doing. And for all the, those that don't know, Nathan is also our podcast producer. So, <laughs> He's the one that helps get all of our podcasts up and ours and SB Streamer and all the other ones we have. Fancy Hockey Life, the list goes on and on. So thank you, Nathan, to all you do. Yep. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. And check out his podcast as well, the Commissioner's Office. Great stuff there. And, he, and he's a writer, too. Look, you're, you're like a, you're like the Jake Cronenworth of the fantasy world. Just, <laughs> you do a little bit of everything, and you do it all well. Like, you're a writer, you're a podcast, you do some behind-the-scenes stuff with, you know, our support at Fantrax, and you produce the podcast, and you're you're a multi, you're a five tool uh analyst person, right? I don't know what you <laughs> five, five, five tool, tool. Antrax, a staffer. Yeah, <laughs> all. Staffer. we have to call you staffer because you do it all. Uh, you really do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is going to wrap us up. We hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. This was a lot of fun. You can follow us on Twitter. Nathan is at Dynasty One Stop, all spelled out. Chris is at Rotoqueg. I'm at Eric Cross04. And check out all of our written work at Fantrax HQ for all three of us or over on our Patreon as well. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk as we get into our 2022 positional previews next Monday. It'll be a lot of fun. We're starting out with Catcher. And we got the triple play guys on with us. So be on the lookout for that and on Monday. But until then, everyone take care. following is an actor portrayal with kindly assisted living and memory care at asbury methodist village in montgomery county you can anticipate more but don't take our word for it my dad moved to kindly and loved it his apartment was spacious sunny and overlooked parkland it was a great comfort to me to see him always smiling and involved in the life at kindly enjoy quality on-site nursing and rehab services too visit kindly at asbury.org today equal opportunity housing provider